So it is beautiful how the church uh, continues to accompany us. The readings we have from the uh, Acts of the Apostles, it's not just random. Um, the liturgical reform after the Vatican Council was supposed to make it easier to understand the depths of the mystery of what we're meditating on, not to obscure it. Um, so this has been traditional, but the Acts of the Apostles is the reading we follow uh, the whole of the Easter season. Why? Because that is what happened after Easter. So it's almost in real time accompanying the apostles. Not really. Uh, we, we raced ahead of them. They had to wait 50 days, and they were trying to figure out, now what? Now Jesus has risen from the dead. What does that even mean for me? Um, and the church saves us time. It jumps those 50 days, basically, and we get right into it. Um, what happens when Jesus rises? And even in the Gospels, um, there's a lot of emphasis on the Eucharist, which should trigger something in us. Um, where would we want to go to know how to live the new life in Christ to the Eucharist? Congratulations, you have cracked the code. You are like those ones who win the escape room. You figured out where to go if you want to be a Christian of the resurrection. If you want to be a Christian imbued by the Holy Spirit, congratulations. That's why it's always embarrassing to preach to you because it's like, I guess you know already since you're here. Um, this is where we experience the risen life in Christ. This is where we bring our questions and our doubts and our concerns. This is where we should be. The Acts of the Apostles, I remember at university, it was the late 80s, middle 80s, uh, I took literary theory. I liked English and literature a lot. And um, we had a professor at one of the colleges in, in University of Toronto. He was agnostic Protestant. Um, and he told us, we, we studied the Acts of the Apostles as literature, and it was very, very good. Um, he told us there is no way that sola scriptura, scripture alone, is scriptural. And the text from yesterday, the first reading, is what we used as a base of that. Philip is running, you know, God tells him, go out into the desert road, which is not the road you would usually take. It's where all the criminals were. And uh, so I'm sure Philip had questions, but the summary is, and Philip went. And Philip went, and then this uh, Ethiopian is reading um, some text from Isaiah, and he says, I don't understand it. I need someone to tell me what this means. He says, look at that. That's, that's the point. And it wasn't Philip. It was the spirit that sent Philip that it told him what it meant, but through a very concrete person. And he, who was agnostic Protestant, told us, like, it's pretty obvious you need tradition. To read a text outside of what the tradition was that created it is, is insane. His assistant was a deconstructionist. I did not know at that time what that meant, but I experienced her a lot because she led our little seminar. And she basically was saying that texts, you can make anything you want out of them. They're like candy wrappers. You know, you, you just interpret them the way you want. Um, so I felt even in that class there was things coming which we now know as critical race theory. That's all like, it was visible in the 80s. Once you start throwing out the need for an interpreter, the need for help, the need for someone to tell you what truth might be, you know, anything goes and you can burn down any institution and destroy any society. So we are experiencing the results of some ideas from the 60s that we're filtering through in the 80s and have hit pretty hard right now. But at the end of the day, it's just a lie. It, it tells people basically, you figure out what life is, nobody else knows. 
and you don't need any support on the way, realize this is so anti-Christian. Way before the values and the morality go down, it's just the idea that I can do it alone. This is what Adam and Eve thought, and it was not a good idea. They ate an apple on that day, and the rest is really history, unfortunately. What happens when we think, I got this, back off. I don't need the church to help me. In fact, who can trust the, who can trust the church? You know, it has sins, it has brokenness. Well, so did the early church, and still, that's what Acts of Apostles tells us. You trust the church. You trust that God works through broken instruments, because if not, actually, what else are you trusting in? Yourself? See Genesis 3 for that one. And we've had stories in the last few days that don't make sense if you don't take that. Stephen gets killed. And what happens? The church gets scattered like a fire getting scattered. And all the little sparks go all over the place. It says the church was broken. And that was the beginning of the surge of missionary energy. Only if you believe in the Holy Spirit is it a good thing to have your best person martyred. If you don't have the interpretation, why is that a good thing that Stephen gets killed? And then comes Philip helping an Ethiopian who's going to Africa, the first missionary to Africa, because the church got smashed and persecuted. And then you have today Paul, Saul, who becomes Paul. And none of the Christians think this is a good idea because they're realists. They know. Do you know what he used to do? The, the poor man, Ananias, who God asked to help him, says, God, just informing you, this man is bad. He has no place in our community. Um, I'm going to stand at the gate and make sure he doesn't get in. And God says, no, you're going to go outside and talk to him. And against your will, watch what the Holy Spirit does. See, it doesn't even matter that we're stupid and judge our own church and look and focus on the wrong things. We don't look for the Spirit. We look for the sin because we like that. I don't know. We don't want to see the Spirit. And despite that, the Spirit still does what he has to do. Despite our brokenness, despite our blindness, he will do his project, and he invites us to enter into that, and we could accept that any day we want. So let's continue to accept his invitation to be part of that mysterious work of God's grace in a broken world. Because if we don't, who are we trusting? Ourselves? That's not a great project to follow.